I do desire your prayers this morning as we try to speak to you for just a little bit today. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you, you want to turn with me to go to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. We'll be reading a little bit there. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews 12. One thing, don't forget if we still got somebody trying to stop us, and that's the devil. Amen. Amen. And he's always going to try to do that. Amen. But we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12th chapter. I'm going to read the first and second verse. Therefore, therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such great of a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith whom for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despite the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God amen looking to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despite the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, today we just come to you today. Thank you again for this wonderful time that you've given us today together in your house. We pray now, Father, as we open up your word, we pray the Holy Spirit will guide and direct our minds and hearts today, Father. We pray our hearts will be opened up to your word today that you can just minister to each and every one here today, Father. And I pray, Father, someone here has never accepted you as their Savior, that today they will do that today, Father. For to Jesus, let me pray. Amen. I was reading this, or I was, last uh, Friday night, um, I got woke up. I don't know how you look at it, but I got woke up by God about 2.30. And I always think he's kind of humorous sometimes. Are you awake? And I said, well, I'm now. And he started revealing some stuff to me. And I wish that sometimes I should just get up and preach that and tape it, you know, because then I don't have no hindrance. Because then after I start thinking about it, I get up the next day, then it seemed like I try to, you know, just human, and you try to water stuff down a little bit. That's just human in us. Because <laughs> you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. That's just the way we are as humans. And we're here today. We're starting off a new year. Uh, somebody said, I hope it's better than it was last year. I do too, but it could always be worse. I'm not trying to discourage you, but we still have, still have Jesus Christ as our Savior. I was reading this here. And to really get what the writer is saying here in the first and second chapter, first and second verse, you really had to go back. You know, really he was saying, you know, you go back to he had to go back to eleventh chapter of Hebrews to pick up really what he was talking about through the, this first and second verse. It's just kind of like a, a mess, uh, preacher, somebody saying, you know, as he get to the, what I just read to you, it's kind of like to the part that I just read to you. He was be saying in closing 
all this. And you get back and look to the chapter 11 of Hebrews, and I know probably everybody knows what it's all about. It's about the faith and about, you know, talk about people, what they've done, you know, for Jesus, for God, and through their ministry and this, they had a witness. He told all these things, you know, and he said, you know, we, we are surrounded with all these great witnesses. And that is great today. And I want to challenge us today to look at ourselves today and see really how good a witness we are for Jesus Christ. Just think about it for just a moment. And you get to looking back and some of these things, you know, some of the, you know, I've got time to read them all, you know, and uh, things that you it talks about. Abel, you know, and then I think you read that in Genesis, you know, it don't really, the Bible don't ever say much about Abel. You know, you get to looking through Genesis, you don't read a lot about him. And he just brought, a, you know, he brought more uh, a sacrifice to God than his brother Cain did. But he made the book because he was faithful and obedient to God. And I think today that, you know, you boil it all down, we get, you know, we, sometimes we make it seem like today, make it really difficult to serve God. But, you know, we basically get down to it. All we got to do is be obedient to God. And just really simple, be obedient to what the word says. It says a lot, but we got to be obedient to him. So we look through this here, and we're going to read, read look to this, and it says, you know, we're, you know, with a cloud of witness and lay aside every weight in the, in the sin that is do easily beset us. So, you know, a couple of things we got to look at today, you know, and and sometimes sometimes we're going to have to just, you know, we're going through 2021. Some of the things we're going to have to set aside, and and one thing, you know, you look at statistics and things today. Sometimes we're going to have to set the facts aside and not even look at them. Now stay with me for just a moment. You say facts is facts. But sometimes facts and what we look at doesn't go along with the word of God. And I'll prove it to you. Today you look at statistics today, 75% of marriages today will end up in divorce. 75% of it. So that will almost encourage you not to even get married. Come on, think about it for just a moment. That is why today there are 60% of the marriage or people today that don't get married, they just live together. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? So we turn into, you know what facts says, and say, well, I ain't going to do that. We'll just stay together. But that goes against God's word, the way I look at it. So sometimes you got to take facts and just say, I just, you know, even though it's a fact, and I know that fact is true, it doesn't go up with God's word. So I can't look to that. I got to look to who? God. Jesus Christ. I will make any sense to you on that just for a moment. It's in the second verse, and look to Jesus Christ. The, uh, the, 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 the Bible says, you know, the author and the finisher of our faith. Think about it. And there's another thing sometimes we got to put aside for just a moment is our feelings. Your feelings. Your feelings change all the time. Sometimes you get up in the morning, you don't feel like doing this, and sometimes you don't feel like doing that. Come on. And this, you know, you get up and say, well, I don't feel like doing this. I feel like that. I, I ain't going to do nothing. You don't feel like doing nothing. But that kind of goes along different, goes away from God's word. Sometimes you, what, does, what God tells us doesn't feel good, but it don't mean we can't do it. Amen. Come on, I'm, 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 I'm not getting through to you. We're living up a generation today, you know, if, it don't feel, if I don't feel good at church, I'm not going. 
Come on. Somewhere down the line, if we don't start changing some stuff, we're going to be in trouble. Amen. I don't know if you believe that or not. We are very still well blessed with the young people we have in our church. Amen. Well blessed. There's a lot of churches in the world, in our community today, that doesn't have the young people that we have today. But we got to tell them what the Word of God says, sometimes not the facts of the world. My opinion. I said, I mean, not my opinion, it's God's opinion. God, God, Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know what I'm talking about for just a moment? And we look at all these things, you know, we look at, you know, go back to the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and it's, you know, it talks about the people and it talks about the faith that they had. You know, Abel had a more a better sacrifice than the brother Cain had, but he made the book. You read some other things, you know, it talked about Noah, you know, and the things that he done. It talked about, you know, Noah, and God told him one day, he said, Noah, he said, you know, build an ark, build a boat, put in our own leaders today. It's going to rain one of these days. I'm going to destroy the world with a flood. And up to this time, it never rained upon the face of the earth. And the majority of the people did not believe Noah. Anybody believe me? He said, well, how do you say that for us? There's been more than eight people got on the boat if the people would have believed him. Noah kept building because he got a word from God. The facts looked at the facts and well, it's never rained. And if, you know, it don't, it is, it's never rained before. Why is it going to rain now? Just because you said it didn't? No, no. Just because God said it's going to rain. That's the reason Noah had the faith believing God that it's going to rain. I'm here today to tell you the Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming back someday. And then you hear people today, you say, I've heard it all my life. I have too. But it doesn't change the facts. He's, and he's supposed to say, well, I just don't believe that he's going to come back anymore. He hadn't come back yet. That doesn't change what the Word of God says. If you don't believe, if you don't believe he's coming back, it doesn't change what God said. Amen. When Noah built the ark, just because the people were so ignorant, you know, or it didn't look like it, you know, sometimes you got to look beyond the facts. And say, so I gotta do it just because God told me to do it. I gotta do it because the word of God says this is right. I gotta build my house and my home, my future upon Jesus Christ. Why? The Bible says he's the author and he's a finisher. He was in the beginning and he'll be in the end. And you look into the Bible, just common sense to tell you, look at his whole life history. He fought each and every day. He fought against the world. He didn't have a pleasant life on this world, but he'd done it not for him, he'd done it for me and you. That we may have life, we may have joy. How can you have joy into a world that we live in today? Why do you, do you talk about joy all the time when the world is just crazy? Why? Because there is joy in Jesus Christ. Why? Because the world cannot take him down anymore. He said, did he take him down once? No, really they didn't. He just gave his life. He let him take it down. But he rose again one day. The Bible says on the third day on Easter, we celebrate Easter, uh, you know, in the springtime. He rose that day and he's never, ever going to be put to shame again. Do you believe me? 
So I'm here today to believe that we look back into this chapter and see some of the witnesses that they talked about. And today we are going to have to, if these time, if time goes on, and I don't know if it's going too much longer or not. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to tell you everything's lining up to, to Jesus Christ coming back. It's lining up. And you say, well, why? You should be scared. Why am I being scared about going to heaven? Well, there's no sorrow, nor pain, no suffering. The one thing I'm sorry about, or worry about, is people not getting ready to meet Jesus Christ. Come on. It's people that used to sit in church buildings and they're not sitting here anymore. That's what worries me. Because it's not what I think. It's what God thinks. It's what God says. Oh, come on, church. I believe today there needs to be a revival that starts in our church today like it never has before. Where's it going to start at, Pastor? It's going to start by the Word of God, by the preaching of hell and brimstone. And what the Bible says, it's going to start today by telling wrong is wrong and right is right. You can't go on your feelings. you got to go on the Word of God. Amen. And he says, as Noah kept on building, you've heard me preach on this, this a long time before, not getting to it much. As Noah built each and every day. And I know Noah was just human like you and I was. And I imagine there's days that he got up and he looked, in the, looked into the sky. He'd never seen a cloud one. And he wondered why that he was keep on building and people keep on making fun of him. But God told him, he said, one day, Noah, it's going to rain. It didn't come from anybody else, but it come from God. He had enough faith to believe in God that it was going to rain someday. I got enough faith in God to believe this word of God is true today. I got enough faith believing that one of these days he's going to come back and get his church. I got enough faith believing God that he is the beginning and he is the end. He's going to have the last word in it. And I'm here today to tell you, no matter matter how dark it does get, i got to hold on to this right here of the Word of God today and believe that Jesus Christ is started and He's going to finish it. i got to believe today that He gave His life for me. And if He gave His life for me, He must love me very much. And if He gave His life for me, He's going to come back and get me one of these days because I believe what He's done for me. Do you believe what the... It's got to start somewhere. And Noah kept on building. He kept on hammering. He kept on putting it together. People would come by day after day, no doubt, and say, Noah, you're about the ignorant person I've ever seen. There's not a cloud one. But Noah kept on building. Noah told him, maybe let's put this on version. Noah said, God told me it was going to rain. And God does not lie. Let me put this in country hillbilly English. If he did lie, it'd be the truth. Because <laughs> he don't lie. Now I shouldn't even said that, but it would be the truth. Amen. So Noah kept on building. What happened? One day it rained. One day it rained. Stay with me. And we look across today, you know. 
I don't know about church. Some of you know this gets a big argument with people. I don't know. I'm not going to argue with you. I believe today, you know, I'm, I believe in the rapture of church. Some people don't believe it, and they'll, they'll call you a hypocrite if you do believe that. But I believe it's going to happen one of these days. I believe it's going to happen. When could it happen? The Bible says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's pretty quick. He's not going to say, well, I'll be here this evening. You better get everything ready. He says, the day is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not the next moment, but right now. And I get out there because somebody, I don't know what you, how y'all believe in that, but I believe it could happen any moment. Amen. I believe it could happen. Why? Because I believe today that God's getting tired of them making fun of the churches today. And we're the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And people talk about me, if they talked about my wife, like when they talk about the church today, if I was on that, I'd take care of some people. Amen. And I'm thinking God's about ready to take care of some people. Amen. You know, we should, I, should, I don't want to go here. We leave everything open today because we can go buy what feels good to us, but we're going to close our churches because we're afraid we might get sick. I'm just putting you some facts today. I won't go to church today because, you know, you won't make them wear masks. But I go to Walmart and I'll still be around people I don't even know. And they ain't wearing it. But oh, I'd just not go here, I guess. But I'm trying to tell, I'm, trying, I'm preaching for the, for the church today. We are in a battle today. I believe today we ought to have common sense. But I believe today we are to say, listen, Jesus started, he's going to finish it. Amen. He started, he's going to finish it. I was sitting there, I was sitting yesterday eating dinner with a Pentecostal preacher. He's from Kentucky. Me and him got to talking. He said, I've looked and I've told him, I said, you know, I've been pastoring for 30 something years. He's a younger guy. I said, younger guy, he probably has. 30, mid-30s or something like that. I said, I've been pastoring 30-something years. I said, this is one of the hardest things I ever faced in pastoring in my life because I don't know the answer. I mean, I know what the answer is, but I don't know how to get it to the people. He said, I've looked over this since this all started. And he said, people that's your age. So I realized then he'd think I'm an elder. <laughs> I never thought that he said that. I thought me and him by the same age, but we're not. But he said, I know that people, preachers of your generation, it has affected them more than it has anybody else because they don't know really how, because it hurts them because they've seen, you know, I, I looked, you know, I told him, I said, over the last 30 something years, I said, well, not me, but I've, I've worked hard and tried to build something that God would be well pleased with. I said, I even, you know, took time away from my children and come here and worked. Now, you believe that? I'm not going to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying this. I've done that. I was walking out of the house one day. Remember, we'll have on our anniversary, and somebody called me, and somebody was in the hospital. Instead of me still going out and eating, I went to the hospital, and Vicky stayed home. See, that's stuff you don't, you don't hear about. Then you look at this, you know, I thought it would take more than some of the things that's happening today to tear a church down, but it didn't take much. 
And I told the pastor preacher, I said, well, I'll get to wonder myself, where did I go wrong out there? Did I preach enough? Did I not preach hard enough? And I think sometimes, you know, and I, I look back at my life, but Lord, you know, back when I was a young person, I, you know, I hear preachers, you know, used to go to hear preachers preach, you know, when I was young and, and, and didn't pay much attention, but I sit in my mind now, I remember how hard they preached. Amen. And I thought it was dumb, but it wasn't. Amen. How hard they stood on the Word of God. And I thought, boy, I, just, I was a teenager, I was young, didn't understand it. But I look back now, and I think the only reason I'm standing today is because I was under some of that old, old time preaching like they used to preach. They weren't preaching about my feelings or the church's feelings. They was preaching about the Word of God and what it said. And it's what's got me through. And I told him, I said, I wonder over the last so many years, us as preachers got soft because we were afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. And we didn't tell them really what the Word of God says, said. Then now look at what was happening to our churches. I was talking to a pastor, the other, or I heard a pastor tell me the other day, I want to talk to him, and I said, well, maybe... He said, I'm afraid the people that's left the church, even though, you know, when this, this, this all gets behind us, he said, I'm afraid a lot of them will never be back. But why? Because they didn't take it serious. Amen. We didn't take it serious. Let me put this on a scale that you, you can realize a little bit more I'm saying. I'll get out of here in just a second. Now look at today, you know, and I guess I'm the different, different generation today because I got grandkids and all that. And I'm beginning to worry about them very much so. But I look around, you know, and I said, you know, why do we need to get preaching back to the Word of God? If we don't, these young people that sit here and sound my voice, they're not going to have very little to stand on. I had a lot more to stand on because I've heard a lot more in my younger generation than what the younger generation now is hearing. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to understand what I'm talking about. Because, you know, back years ago, I don't want to even go here, God. Our parents... Never listen to us kids. They listen to the Word of God. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, if I'm talking right, anybody just want to talk about Because now, if your kids don't like church, most of the time you won't go yourself. I don't need to tell Dad because he wouldn't listen to me anyway because he knew what the Word of God said. If I could talk to my dad right now, I'd tell him thank you. Amen. I say thank you. Because we we don't got God. What have we got? What have we got? If we don't got this church place, what have we got? Amen. We got nothing. 
We've got nothing. I could go home, but I'm gonna quit. Play piano a little bit if you don't care. Or y'all go ahead and y'all play all we want to. Y'all come. I don't know if I made any sense to anybody. I don't know if I got people mad at me. I don't know. But Satan is having a field day right now. But oh, let me tell you something. It ain't over. It ain't over yet. I'm going to tell you a story. This guy, his son went to war. And he, to the time of war, he got killed in war. And I guess his body was blown up or whatever. They never did get the body back. They sent a, a soldier, brought a picture of his son home to him and gave it to him and told him how great a person, man he was. But anyway, this guy, he was an artist. This dad was. He had paintings that were worth millions of dollars in his home. But this dad took his son's picture and he hung it on the wall in his house with all the millions of dollars he had, the paintings in his house. He put this one painting of his son, picture of his son in the middle of his paintings. So as time went on, the dad grew old. He got feeble, got weak, and he died. So he had it in his will to sell off, sell his paintings. But the first thing he had to do was to sell the picture of his son. And they said people from all over the world gather because they wanted the pictures of the paintings, some of them were worth millions of dollars that he had. So the auctioneer got there that morning and time come, they started the auction. He said, this, uh, this guy's will that we sell this picture of his son be the first picture or first thing that we sold at this auction. And he started on the auction and the auctioneer said, you know, who'd give $25 for it? Who'd give this? He said, hardly nobody'd bid on it. They're waiting on the big paintings, million dollars that they came for and they had the money to buy them. And finally there's one, they said there's one guy in the back. He said, I'll give $25 for that painting because they wanted the auction to start. And finally kids could get, get some more. Nobody ever gave nothing, but he said, I got $25. He said, going once, going twice. He said, sold to the, young, the gentleman in the back, the painting. The guy took his gavel or whatever it was, he hit, his, hit the desk. He said, the auction's over. And I paint the picture that come all over the world. They said, you know, no. I said, these, these million dollars of paintings here that we come for to buy them. And he said, what's well, wrote in the letter of this dad's, this guy's dad, whoever bought this picture of my son gets everything in here. The auction is over. So I'm trying to make a point today. If you'll take Jesus Christ, he'll give you everything.
if you'll just take him. Nobody wanted him. But this one man wanted a picture of his son. I wonder really how bad we really want Jesus Christ today. How bad do we want it? Do we come to church for other reasons than to seek Him? To seek Him what we really need today because He has everything that we need today. Let's stand this morning. This altar is open right now. If you want to come, come on right now. Don't hesitate, don't wait. If you need to come and pray for any reason, come on. Come on, anybody who's come and pray, come and pray this morning. Anybody else? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just go slip up your hand and say, remember me and you pray. God bless you. God bless you all. God bless you. God bless you. Father Day, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you right now. Thank you today for this great time you've given us today to be in your house. We pray, Father, we start out this new year, Father, that you will reach down and pour out the Holy Spirit on these people today that is praying right now, Father. You know what they're praying for today, Father. You know the needs today, Father. And I pray today, Father, for awakening today across our country, across your country, our, our community today, Father, that revival will start today, that we'll take Jesus Christ today more seriously this year than we ever have because we know the world is trying to stop him. But we know today that we can be victorious today through your son, Jesus Christ, today. I pray for this church as a whole today, Father, that souls will be stirred here in a mighty special way today, Father. We praise you today. We give you glory for everything you've done for us. I pray today, Father, just keep a hedge around us today, Father, that we won't just stay behind the hedge, but we will cry out today to you today. We will glorify your name today. We will spread the gospel of Jesus Christ today, Father. I pray today, Father, for those that could be here, who have been sick today, whatever the reason it may be. I pray a special prayer today, Father, for Brother Aaron as he goes tomorrow, maybe gets his last treatment today, Father, that when they take a scan, everything will be gone today, Father, that he can come back and worship with us again, Father. And Father, we're going to give you praise and glory. Lead us and guide us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.